0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Badminton Science. I'm your host, as always, forever, blah, 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 Robert Johnson. And um, in this week's episode, we'll, we'll talk about how to get a good test result. And um, it's kind of a follow up on uh, the episode of, was it two weeks ago, maybe? Uh, where I talked about, um, yeah, whatever. It, I think it was two weeks ago, where I talked about which tests are good for, for every athlete to do and to have the results from. And uh, I thought it was good. It, it would be a good idea to follow up with how you actually get a good score or result from the the tests. And. Uh, this is something that's really hard if you're, or difficult rather, if you're a badminton player at, at a decent level or above because you are training a lot and you can't really be well rested before a test because you have practice and you have competitions and you have a long season and it's, uh, it's just difficult to get, it, uh, to get it done in an efficient way. And uh, I remember that some, it was some trainer who said, or some coach who said that they did some physical testing at, like, I don't remember if it was the national team, the junior national team, or, like, just um, high school students. I don't remember, actually. But there was not a badminton uh, strength and conditioning coach who performed the test. It was a strength and conditioning coach in general and, and uh, the coach had said like why aren't the players rested you need to your your players need to rest the the strength and conditioning coach said to the badminton coach and uh, the badminton coach tried to explain like it's, it's impossible they need to practice like 8, 10, 12 times a week it's just not possible for them to come here and be fully rested it's it's impossible so and that's where it's kind of difficult but uh, it's also where i come in now with the with with the first tip and that's to not train too hard the day before so even if you have to practice eight 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 to twelve sessions a week you can schedule them in a way that if you were to have maximum tests on Let's say Tuesday, then Monday will be a light day. So you maybe do some technique, you do some, some easy core exercises, some mobility. You can even like maybe get some, preferably you would get some um, uh, video analysis or something in that nature. But it could also be like serves serve return and uh, the third shot something easy work more in the details not that physical but all, also something that's very important for badminton players so you would do that on monday and then you would have the tests on tuesday and depending on what time it is you have uh, different options but but that would be a way but the important part is to not practice too hard the days leading up to the tests. I would say, because um, that's something that you can control, and we need to to really focus on that uh, and now we get to the second point, and that's just like this is basically for every athlete ever in all sports in all situations, and that's to get your sleep. you need to sleep and be well rested, and um, let's say you have not practiced hard for two days and you're now gonna perform your test but you haven't slept they're not gonna go so well and of course you can't really influence your sleep that much you can you can't decide if tonight if you're gonna dream a nightmare or not you can't decide if you're gonna wake up and have to go to the bathroom and then you have trouble falling asleep again and like you can't really influence those those things but what you can do is make sure you have a, a bedtime or nighttime routine which is that after nine o'clock let's say if you if you go to bed at 10 let's say at nine you don't use any screens and you like try to meditate you try try to Get some reading done, or just some relax, and re- relax, <laughs> worst English ever, uh, or some relaxation, whatever it might be. But just um, winding down and, and getting ready for for sleep, and just having a ritual, I think, is really important. So so that's something you can control, and then you can't really control like how well you sleep, but that's a different issue. So so just make sure you have a routine, and also it's it's. Um, if you're having a really tough session the next day with the test, let's say you have a Cooper test and then you have some, I don't know why you would do it, but like you have some lactic acid test, you have some sprints and you have like just a, a brutal day, then you might be nervous and that can also affect your sleep. But but just try to, to get your routine and, and it will um, hopefully become... Um, better and better over time so speaking of things we can control we have the um, uh, fluids in your body which is you need to drink enough water you need to be in uh, you can't be you need to be hydrated you can't be dehydrated when you when you are performing a test whatever test it is even if it's a cognitive test don't come to the test dehydrated and that's not something that you really influence. Like, oh yeah, I need to like, really get hydrated before a test. It's like, you should always be hydrated. But during the, the test, like, before, during and after, make sure that you're not dehydrated. It will be really, really hard. And especially doing like an a aerobic test, uh, such as the Cooper test. You, you you don't want to do that and um but also yeah so that's a habit thing because you drink water all day if you were to if you were to realize okay so I'm slightly dehydrated I need to just like drink one and a half liters of water and then I'll be fine you are mistaken because if you do that you will only trigger a hormone which will actually make you pee more than you uh, have um I don't know how to bend this word, but more than you have drink drunken. And... Yeah, this this is tough in the morning. I'm recording this, so I recorded the Swedish episode before as usual, and uh, the clock was 6:15 in the morning. I've been awake since 2:45 this morning, which kind of sucks. So if I'm just talking nonsense, it's it's not all because of that, but like it's it's a part of it. It's a part of it. Yeah, so you make sure you're hydrated uh, because that's something you can control. Something else you can control is to make sure you have eaten enough and you have gotten enough carbohydrates in the days previous. So um, this is also something habitual, but you need to really focus on getting your nutrition on point. And for, for athletes, it's more about being eating healthy but in a way that um, aids your performance which basically means that you are never hungry during a practice session you are eating enough things to fuel your body to recover from sessions and uh, make sure you can stay at a stable and healthy weight so uh, so that's Basically, what you need to do or be doing all the time. But if you were to have a test on, like, carb loading is it's quite scientifically, like it's it's a bit. It's not that e- as easy as it sounds. It's just like oh, I am, just gonna eat like fifteen hundred carbohydrates and fifty fifteen hundred grams of carbohydrates, and then I'm gonna be good. It's it's a bit more difficult than that. But it's just like when you. Practice the days um, before, Uh, as I've said previously, don't do like multi-shuttle drills or um, really hard weight training or something like that. Um, Don't do that, but if... um, But you also need to like, if you were to get sweaty and it was kind of difficult anyways, yeah, you really need to replenish your carbohydrate stores, which then becomes your glycogen stores uh, as fast as you can after the sessions because you don't want your muscles to 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 not be uh, loaded with glycogen, is what I'm trying to say. And I actually don't remember if I said it or not, but like the pre- the days before, you need to... You can practice, but... You, yeah, I've I said this, you, you can practice, but it, it's not supposed to be that hard. Um, so, like, really try to avoid the really intense stuff because you, you, by logic, you realize that if you were to do a full leg day, like a bodybuilding style le- leg day, and then the next day you have, let's say, sprints or uh, one rep max in, in the squat, it's gonna, your performance is gonna be quite bad if you have done a leg day the day before. But yeah, okay, so let's get back to carbs. Um, Make sure you eat enough. Make sure you are not depleted, uh, that your glycogen stores are not depleted. And that's basically enough for the average uh, person. But then we have something that we do on the day right before we actually do the test. And we start with the general warm-up which could be some light jogging or cycling or a cross trainer which is also called elliptical I believe or something like that just to get your heart rate going and that could also, it could be for only like 5-10 minutes but you need to get warm and get your heart beating a bit and then uh, some people like to, to use the foam roller to, to just get the muscles going, it feels nice and uh, I was one of those persons um, one of those people yeah I was one of those people who um, who loved the foam roller and then you could also do some or you should do some dynamic stretches and there are two types of stretches you have the static stretch and the dynamic stretch and the static stretch is just you uh, you put your muscle in a stretch which is quite uncomfortable and you hold it for like 30 40 seconds um, if you want to. Yeah, that that's the usual way to do it. You could hold it for like 5 hours if you wanted to. But yeah, you get the point. You stay in the same position for quite a long time. Dynamic stretching is where you do arm swings or leg swings, where where you don't put your body in a position for a long time. It's um um it's only like basically the extremes uh, or the extreme part of this stretching movement that actually is a stretching movement and the point of that is to not uh, lose performance as you can do with static stretching I Have felt however that and I've also known and I know people at high level um, in both like strength and uh, uh, badminton or running or whatever that feels that when they do static stretches even though it might be a bit like if you were to get scientific about it then it can be bad for performance to do some static stretches however i know people that feel really good they feel that the body actually get loose they feel really nice and they get like a, a psychological advantage um, compared if they were not to do it just because they, their, body feels, their bodies feel better, and that's something that, yeah, if you were to do like a one rep max or a, some sort of plyometric movement, you might not want to do static stretches, but if you, if you were to play badminton, then it's no problem, even though you need to be explosive while playing, if you feel good in your body and you feel like you can trust your body, you are confident in your body's capabilities and abilities, then you might actually play better, you you might perform better in a match situation. But yeah, it's it's up to you, but I would recommend this dynamic stretching in the general warm-up. And then we have the specific warm-up. And that's something like when we're playing sports. It's usually we do the uh, general warm-up and then we might uh, uh, we, we get rackets and we like hit some clears we hit some drop shots some smashes some net shots uh, we might start some uh, some very easy drills and then we might play some um, mini games where you play on you don't have the full court but you you do the badminton shots you do the you do the movements and like yeah you do everything you. so it's a bit more specific but it's not playing a match uh, a full match let's say um, yeah so that's something you need to, to be, do, be doing as well and in the test as we as we talked about for Cooper it might be some shorter uh, progressive progressively faster uh, pulses of running which might mean that you run um you might do 400 meters like yeah okay so you do the the in the general warm-up you might run like four to eight hundred meters um maybe one kilometer in a really slow paced, feels good uh, it feels really good actually and then you you do like 100 150 meters of of uh, some sort of running where you are near where you're going to run um the full cooper test that then you you rest for a bit, then you do one more of a hundred of the same distance, but a bit faster, so now you're up at the pace that you are going to be running in, and then you take a break, you relax, and then you run one more time, but this time at a higher pace than the cooper test and that's just to to get get moving I guess it can depend um actually not an expert in in how to exactly warm up for for a Cooper test but that's something that's generally quite effective i have learned so um so yeah, and uh, and it's quite easy if you think about it the specific warm up if you were to perform a one rep max in the squat you won't just go on the treadmill run for 5-10 minutes, do some leg swings and then uh, just get under the bar and and squat 140 kilos. Like, you wouldn't do that. Of course, you would do the the general warm-up and then you would get get under the bar, you would do, like, 15 repetitions with just the bar and then you would do, like, 10 repetitions with uh, 60 kilos and then, um, like, 5 repetitions for, for 80 and then for 100 and then you would do maybe three for 120 and then you would do one for 130 and then you would do one for 140 like yeah you get the point I'm just I'm just making the numbers up but you, you get the point you was you were you weren't just gonna do like a leg press for five repetitions of a lightweight and then go and do 140 kilos it's you get you get there progressively uh, just increase the weight all the way and that's the same for sports for and for like the aerobic tests the sprinting tests and uh, the strength tests it's yeah you get you get there progressively and the last thing is that to do to perform and do well on a physical test it's quite good if, if you've done the test before so if you were to run a Cooper test what I, what usually happens is when people are not used to doing it they either start running too fast which means that they tend to burn out after let's say 5 to 8 minutes so they have like 4 minutes left and they're completely done because they've run ran too fast the first um laps and then they drastically decrease the speed and they get a bad result just because they were choose the wrong tempo. And it could also be the case that you were to do it the wrong way which means that you run too slow the first five minutes and then you try to compensate and you run too fast the last seven and you know, it's... yeah, it affects your result as well. So, to have done the testing, have a good pacing strategy is important for the Cooper test. If you haven't done it and you're supposed to and you're going to do it for the first time I would recommend you to, let's say you were to run for 12 minutes Uh, It's because it's easier Then I would, and you maybe let's say you're used to running like 5 kilometers or something Then I would, and I don't know what time you run 5 kilometers in But uh, I would recommend like a few days before Or a few weeks before, whatever it is for you but I would recommend trying something out. So let's say that you have a Cooper test on Friday and you feel like, oh, I, I need to kind of figure out my pace and it's Monday, what should I do? Then I would recommend you to to run like six to eight minutes, maybe 10, uh, depending on, uh, on how it feels, but six to eight minutes in a pace that's, higher than your five kilometer pace um, and just feel that if if you if you're at six minutes and you go to eight you feel like okay so this is yeah this feels good uh, i'm not too tired then it might be too low a pace if you get to 10 minutes and it's like okay yeah so this is really really difficult then that might be a good tempo for you um, depending on how mentally strong you are but just get your Run like try to figure out um, basically how, how it feels after six to eight minutes because then you can kind of adjust to that on Friday without being too tired because if you were to do a full Cooper test or something that's more difficult than that on Monday uh, it could impact your recovery and it could also impact your performance on Friday depending on how the week looks so of course like I don't know your schedule so you can do whatever you want but um I would not not recommend it. So at least just try to get a, a hum about how fast you should run and I think you can um you can uh, really figure out your pace even though you haven't run a full Cooper test. So um so that's that's um uh, um, something I recommend and also if you were to do like a, a squat one rep max for the first time you're not gonna get your true one rep max because you don't know like usually you increase like from one personal best to the next it's like 2.5 maybe 5 kilos depending on your level it's not usually more than that and if you haven't if you have never done your one rep max you don't know what to aim for which means that you you might think that oh i can't do more than 140 kilos and then you do it and it's like oh it was oh it was actually easy or like i could have done more and then you try on 142.5 kilos and you can't do it because you got too tired from the the previous lift which should have been 142.5 kilos So that's just because you don't know how to... uh, You you don't have anything to go on. So, yeah, that's difficult. And what I also need to say is that if you were to do a submaximal aerobic test, which basically means that you don't go to failure, and this is really beneficial for athletes in season because you can't do a Cooper test and then you need like a day to recover or, or even more, depending on you are and so on. Uh, You can't afford that during the season, which means that a submaximal test is that you don't push yourself that hard. Uh, And they are based on your heart rate, which means that um, you can depending on the test you can calculate your estimated uh, uh, VO2 max. Your uh, yeah you should know what that is by now so I'm not even gonna and like if you don't know what it is, Google it. It has something to do with oxygen and and, um, uptake of oxygen, but yeah, okay. So anyways, um, the submaximal tests are for the uh, aerobic capacity, Uh, since they're based on your heart rate, um, you need to be careful with things that can increase your heart rate, which means um, not too much caffeine before or tobacco or nicotine because that can also influence your heart rate so i think like i would i would kind of recommend to not do any of it even though caffeine can have some really good performance increasing uh properties however not on a submaximal test because if your heart rate goes up because of caffeine during a submaximal aerobic test then that means that the test will show that you have worse VO2 max because your heart rate is higher than it would be if you weren't uh, taking caffeine. So that means that you before a submaximal test don't do caffeine, but caffeine before a Cooper test, however, that can really be beneficial. So it's depending on the test, but uh, stay away from the tobacco and the nicotine. It's not it's not good uh, in any way. So. Don't, don't do it. Uh, and yeah, I think that was it for today. I'm quite excited for the um, All England and the German Open. That's um, right around the corner. So uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see if Axelsen can bounce back from his defeat, uh, against the, from his loss against Kunlavut Wittidsson. And also, I'm really excited to just see Antonsen coming back from, uh, from his injury. I want to see Momota doing well, even though he had, had a really tough draw. So, it's it's a lot of fun matches, and uh, I'm really excited for the competition season to get started again. Uh, now, I think... The most important thing now for players, I would say, is to, to not uh, necessar- necessarily get as many points as they can right now they need to prepare themselves for when the qualifying period for uh, the Olympics starts and that's so now they have this period where they can use these competitions to get their form right they can then peak and score a lot of points after these tournaments even though like it's a lot of prize money it's uh it's good opportunities to get some good sparring and um and yeah, so it's financially good and it's ranking ranking point wise it's really important and I think for okay so for Axelsen it's it's not as important as it is for say sen or Momota or Shishi or the players that are kind of outside the the top eight because they they need to get seeded before they get into the qualifying period. So for the, those players, it's really important to, to find a form now to make sure they have a ranking, which means that they don't have to face Axelsson in the first round. Because if they were to face him the first round, then they will have a really difficult time scoring points during um, uh, the qualifying period. Let's say you like draw him twice uh, in the first round or the second round, uh maybe 3 times then if it's the second round as well and you're it's going to be tough to qualify uh, especially if you say that you're you're from Denmark which means that you have to compete against Axelsen for a spot uh since the country can only send two players then that means that Antonsen and Gemke if uh, let's say Gemke again <laughs> draws uh um, Axelsen early in the tournament and Antonsen has a fantastic um Draw, then it could be really difficult for Gemke, yeah, even though he's been playing very good, and uh, the same way goes uh, for Antonsson. So therefore, it's quite kind of important for the players to get a good ranking, to then have a good seeding, to not have to face like the the most important part is just to not face Axelsen too early in a competition, because that's trouble. But anyways, um. Yeah, I'm really excited and it's going to be fun. Thank you so much for listening. Give me, a, give me five stars on Spotify and the Apple podcast and whatever, wherever you're listening from. Give me five stars. I really need it. Uh, follow me on Instagram at science or my personal Instagram at robert__johnson__pt. Underscore underscore awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. It's, it's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you. Bye.